0: This is episode 1C of Free as in Freedom for Thursday, November 10th, 2011. Hi, I'm Karen Sandler. And I'm Bradley Kuhn. This is Free as in Freedom.
1: This is uh, the episode that's late, that we told people was going to be late.
0: But I th- I'm, I'm excited about the content.
1: Well, that's because you recorded it. Of course you're going to be excited.
0: I guess so. <laughs> Although, I, I don't always, you know, I get nervous about what we record, so I'm not always... So, I'm, I'm, it's more for the, the portion that... Um, so, we have an interview with Adam Dingle of the Yorba Foundation, and I, I enjoyed talking to him. So, I, I think it'll make a, a... Hopefully, it'll make good listening.
1: And you saw him at the Ubuntu Developer Summit. That's weird.
0: Why is that weird?
1: Why were you at the Ubuntu Developer Summit?
0: Why wouldn't I be at the, <laughs> the Ubuntu Developer Summit? <laughs>
2: um,
0: Unity would come to mind? <laughs> yes, that's 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 true. Um, so it was actually a very, very interesting conference for me to t- attend. Um, and I think that um, while Canonical and Ubuntu has gone with... Unity and not Gnome 3, there's still a whole lot of Gnome in Ubuntu,
1: so... You usually you usually have a more pithy answer to that. You usually say Unity uses Gnome technologies.
0: Unity uses Gnome technologies.
1: That's your usual answer that you give me. Is oh, it okay? Time. Good. You give that to you said that to me like uh, every and, time i uh, make fun uh, of you well, I thought you were going to
0: say that and that, that you, I thought the part you were saying is the, is the and we'll be a whole lot better off if we all keep working together. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that part. But I remember you <laughs> But Unity I, I really do believe GNOME that. So, and it, Unity and uses
1: don't... Gnome technologies.
0: And there's a whole heck of heck of a lot of GNOME in in Open Two, so
1: that's true. Even the card games, for example.
0: Even the card, you're trying to bait me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, so this is an interview about Yorba, which I would bet that most uh, free software developers have not heard of. Strangely enough, I I, I would bet Yorba. I bet they haven't. They've heard of Shotwell. Most of them
0: are using Shotwell.
1: Or they've heard of Shotwell, but they probably haven't heard of Yorba as a foundation and don't true. realize that, in fact, a nonprofit charitable foundation is what's behind Shotwell.
0: Well, it sure is. And Adam will uh, tell us about it. So, I'm lucky to be here at UDS, the Ubuntu Developer Summit, with Adam Dingle, who is the founder and executive director of the Orba Foundation. We are uh, sitting here and I actually forgot the, um, the microphone stand. So I feel like we're in a radio show. We're going to just pass the mic back and forth. So if there's a little bit of a delay before uh, questions are answered, that is the reason. Um, well, thanks so much for doing this interview, Adam.
2: It's my pleasure, Karen. I'm happy to be here.
0: Um, great. So um, one of the reasons why, I, I mean, I've, I I wanted to interview you because I've known you for um, for some time and um, we've worked together. But um, in that time, I've really followed Yorba with so much interest. And so I wanted to have you on the show because of um, of your involvement with Yorba generally, but also to talk about some of the issues that you've had um, in, in formation. But why don't we start at the beginning? Um, how did you get the idea for Yorba and how did it get started?
2: Okay, the story of Yorba. Um, We started Yorba in uh, January of 2009. So it's been almost three years now that uh, we've been in business. Um, And I say we, but yeah, I I was the founder, really. Um, I guess the original impetus for Yorba came uh, out of my frustration with uh, existing programs uh, on the free desktop for working with media, um, and uh, Yorba's flagship program has actually become Shotwell, which is our photo manager, and we've worked on Shotwell for, again, a few years now. Um, the Actually, the original motivation for starting Yorba was the desire for a um, an audio editor or a program that I could use to record music. Um, uh, I'm very much an amateur musician, but I like to fool around with guitars and keyboards and uh, microphones, that kind of stuff, and uh, is,
0: there, is there any place we can uh, we can hear your your work in that regard
2: uh, Not publicly, <laughs> not in a public forum <laughs> anyway um, but yeah, and I remember um, uh, I think I first switched to using a Linux desktop um, around about two thousand and five um, i 've always I think I wanted to even years before that, but I'm also very much a fan of usable graphical interfaces, and I think it took many years for uh, the desktop to get to the point where I found it to be usable on a a day-to-day basis. Um, And I remember before starting Yorba, I think it was around about 2008, um, I had recently left my job, and I had some time, and I said, okay, great, I'm going to sit down and try to make some music um, using software. Um, And so I was... uh, using various free tools, um, mostly on the Ubuntu desktop at that point. Um, I spent about a month, I think this was about maybe November of of 2008, and I remember battling to get a lot of different tools uh, talking to each other to do both audio and MIDI. And after a few weeks, I had a recording setup that kind of worked. I mean, I could... Yeah, with some effort, um, I could actually make simple recordings, and I could even play a keyboard and hear sounds some of the time. But it was always a battle, um, and I had to deal with command line options and the names of ALSA devices and just a a lot of stuff that... (laughs)
0: I'm, I'm I'm laughing because it took me usually Bradley is the one who records the interviews and uh, you know does the actual recording on his laptop and it took me a few minutes to figure out if the computer was recognizing the microphone, which it wasn't because I hadn't plugged it in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's always a reason somewhere. Uh, Anyway, um, yeah, so I remember spending about a month on this. And yeah, I mean, and there were times I had to even go look at source code and read very bad documentation for configuration files. I mean, it was just hard. Um, And then out of sort of curiosity, I went and um, bought a Mac um, and fired up GarageBand. And it just worked. I mean, in about Three minutes, I could plug in a guitar and plug in a keyboard and I could do the things I wanted to do. And so, in a sense, I sort of had this aha moment where I said, well, free software should work like this. It should give the same kind of super easy experience to, to users. And so that in a sense, I think is Yorba's mission. That's what we want to bring, uh, to the free desktop, not just for, for audio recording, but, um, uh, for photos, which has been our primary, um, domain thus far, but we're also looking at, um, video and and even email now.
0: So we'll get to that in a, in a little bit about what, what, Software Yorba has developed so far, and what it uh, what it's working on. Um, but I guess I wanted to go back a little bit to what you said about um, you know about how important it is for software on a free desktop to be very usable and to be usable quickly. Why do you think that is such a a, a key component to free software and its adoption generally?
2: Well I think that a lot of it, uh, a lot of us in this community would like to see free software reach a much larger audience and of course, historically the free software movement was born um, uh, among computer hackers because those were the ones with the skills to write the software in the first place um, but um i myself I'm, I'm very much of the school that there doesn't need to be a Conflict between software being suitable for power users and uh, between software being very usable. I think that those things, I mean, there are challenges in getting there, but I'd I'd like to think those things can very much go hand in hand. Um, And yeah, I mean, I would certainly like to see um, more of my friends um, using free software. And I wander into a cafe in San Francisco, and occasionally I'll see someone with. Um, running a free operating system, but it's still not the norm. And I think if we want to make it the norm, um, we need to make further strides in the usability of the desktop. I think we've come a long way in uh, the last five years. I think that uh, GNOME has done great work. I think Ubuntu has done great work in that regards. Uh, There's more to do.
0: Yeah, not to, I guess, belabor this point too much, but there are a lot of reasons why, Folks might think that uh, you know adoption of free software is important generally, um, and you've given so much of your time and resources to developing a free and open source sop- um, free and open source software, um, you know, nonprofit and um, and uh, software. Um, I, as you know, have done a lot of advocacy talking about my heart condition and you know how software transparency. Um, auditability and just free and open source software is important um, for the world. Um, You know, there are a lot of reasons why one might want to adopt free and open source software. And many of those reasons are really in the public good. Um, You know, what are your sort of top, top reasons why, I mean, we could sit here all day Mm -hmm. and talk about why free and open source software is better and safer and in the public interest. But, you know, what are a couple of the things that you sort of think about?
2: Mm sure yeah I mean it's an interesting question and uh, lots and lots of people discover free software at some point and really have this aha moment where they just suddenly realize that they love it and it's kind of this discovery I think that different people articulate just why that is uh, in different ways right Um, for me I mean I don't know when people ask me this often the first example that I point to is Wikipedia I mean because it's something that we all use all the time and I mean it's it's it has trounced traditional commercial encyclopedias it's just it's not just free and collaborative but it's better and i'd like to think that in the world of free software we can we can get there too um but um well i agree that it's good for the planet i mean i really like the idea of a world where um uh, software is is inexpensive or in many cases where there's zero cost. Um, I think there's a great culture that around free software of communication and cooperation. Um, I mean, I sometimes also, I, I think there are analogies even with um, government or with society. I mean, for example, a lot of the things that I want from a government like transparency and accountability are also things i want um from software and um i kind of think that free software is like democracy i mean if or a good democracy anyway in that you can see what's going on and you the user um have choices you can um if you don't like something um you can potentially change it um, so anyway, but as you said, Karen, there are lots of ways to think about this and articulate it. We could go on for a long time
0: we really could <laughs> and we have in the past, and hopefully we will again but um, I, I I guess you know along these lines, there are a lot of really successful businesses that are being built around free and open source software products, and I think that's um, that's great it's a it's a good way of um, of developing free and open source software and getting it out there and developing it in a commercial way. Um, what made you decide to start Yorba in a nonprofit?
2: Yeah, a lot of people have asked me that too. Um, I mean, uh, being a nonprofit is not always the easiest path. Um, but on the other hand, I do feel like it's a very natural match for the kind of software that we build. I mean, For example, Wikipedia, as I understand it, is also a nonprofit foundation, and I think that um, if you're trying to build a community of people who collaborate, um, there's a tremendous amount of trust and goodwill that you get from people um, when they know that there is no hidden agenda to make a buck, right? And part of that comes, I mean, we've had um, plenty of Financial donations to Yoruba, which is always exciting when when people choose to give, and I mean certainly that wouldn't happen if we were a commercial company. Um, I'm I'm quite I'm quite certain. But people have also given tremendously of their time. Um, uh, people have translated Yorba software into I think over forty languages now, and and the count is rising. And I think. A lot of the the energy behind the contribution comes from the the feeling that we're all in this together and I think that having a nonprofit profit uh, profit structure very much reflects that
0: so I don't get it (laughs) I'm just kidding I don't get it is why would you do this in a nonprofit why you know aren't is there some hidden commercial agenda Adam Dingle are you getting rich from your butt
2: (laughs) I can tell you <laughs> and look you in the eyes, Karen Sandler, that I, I am not getting rich from Yorba. That was very much not the goal uh, when we set out here. And I think that if the goal was to yeah make money in software, there are lots of exciting ways to do that today. And I'm not opposed to that. And I know lots of friends in San Francisco who are focused on that right now, and I'm happy for them. But um, with Yorba itself, that that's not really what Yorba is about.
0: I'm trying to to think of of <laughs> of, a, of a witty witty reply to that. Um, but um but I would say isn't it even true that rather than making money off of Yorba, that you've actually donated quite a bit of your time and your resources to p- making Yorba successful.
2: Um yes, absolutely. Uh, Yoruba has been a tremendous focus uh for me the last few years. Um and uh It's been tremendously rewarding. Um, I mean, uh, Shotwell uh, is very, very widely used. Um, It's become very popular. Uh, We now believe, I mean, it's really hard to count numbers in the free software world, but um, we're sure that we have hundreds of thousands of users, which is a pretty exciting number. Um, Of course, there are challenges. um, And being a nonprofit, our resources are limited, um, I'm very fortunate to have a fantastic team where um, no one's living large, right? People are, are doing this really because they, they love it. Um, because um, it's a challenge to grow, we've had to put um, some of our projects on the back burner at times. And in particular, the original impetus for starting Yorba, as I said, was uh, making audio software. And we worked on a um, a free audio editor called Fillmore um for a while i think over a year at the beginning and sadly it's been in the back burner for a little while mostly because shotwell has become so successful and so popular that it's really taken most of our attention for um the last year or two
0: yeah in fact i bet most of our listeners are are using shotwell um shotwell is now it's now the default on several distributions is that right
2: um yes. Uh the what are probably the two largest uh distributions or free operating systems um would be um Fedora and Ubuntu. Uh, and we are um uh Shotwell is the default photo manager in both of those uh distributions, yes.
0: Now I think on first blush some people might say you know, media software, is that really in the public interest? Do we really need, you know, do we really need a nonprofit that's a charitable nonprofit working to create, you know, a, a, a photo organizer, um, audio software, um, and things like that? And, you know, I've been astounded by the cultural benefits that one gets from, bringing together people, to giving people tools that they can use to store their information, store their art, focus their efforts, and then um, contribute them to the commons or just start up a a business that maybe they couldn't have before. There are so many ways in which media software is sort of the first step towards a a better society. Do you have any sort of thoughts on that or examples you've seen of people using um, Yoruba software in that kind of way?
2: Well yeah, I mean, I think if anyone needs free tools, it's artists, right? I mean, uh I think the the internet has uh, has brought about this tremendous democratization of what it means to create art in in many different forms, right? It can be it can be video, it can be um audio or whatever. It's become so much easier to to distribute um works of art again in, in many forms that I think it's a very exciting time. Um, but sadly, I think a lot of the tools for creating digital media have often been out of, uh, out of reach, uh, price wise, um, for people, not only in the United States, but I mean, I, sp- I can't, I mean, around the world, I-, I know that, um, it's just inconceivable that someone, I don't know, uh, uh, an artist right out of school in a developing country is going to fork out uh, $1,000 for some commercial video editing um, program. And in fact, um, my brother James actually teaches um, at the Museum of Fine Arts School in Boston. So he teaches uh, video production there. Um, and uh, he has students come to him all the time and ask him where they can get Pirated copies of commercial video editing tools, and he has to tell them, you know, look, sorry, I I really can't tell you that, but it's a, I think it's a concrete problem, and I'd I'd love to see great tools that that are inexpensive or free available.
0: So, as you said before, Shotwell isn't the only thing that Yorba is working on now. In fact, I hear that you're branching out from uh, from just the media software world. Is that true?
2: It's true. Uh, and um, I mean, at Europa, we're big fans of the free desktop in general. I mean, that's really kind of the, the the community that we move in. And like a lot of organizations, I mean, again, we've been in business a few years. And so there's an initial focus, which hopefully is, is never lost. But there are always interesting directions that you realize as time goes on. Um, uh, we are developing, uh, an email client. The code name is Geary. Um, although we may change that. Um, we have, it's still, um, because we haven't even released, uh, the first, uh, version 0.1 of Geary. It's not super well known yet, but, uh, that will hopefully change. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, people sometimes ask us, well, I mean, there's all kinds of email programs out there. I mean, so why make another one, right? I mean, it's, these, this is a category of of software that's existed for a long, long time. Um, I guess about the best answer I can say to that is that I think in the last few years, a lot of people have started using web-based email because I think that, um, email clients on the desktop had kind of stagnated. They hadn't changed, um, for a long time. Uh, and then Gmail came out and I actually think that the, the Gmail, web-based interface in the browser was better in many ways than um, desktop applications for email. I mean, it was really fast. Search was instantaneous. Um, Conversations um, were kind of uh, objects that you could directly manipulate like archive or or come back to. Um, And I think that in turn has uh, sparked um, a new level of interest in in ways that we can improve uh email interfaces in general um, I think emails exciting because is something we all do all day long or at least I do um and so um, I think there's uh, uh, yeah I mean having a very straightforward and and streamlined email client which which our program means to be um, there's just tremendous value because it, we all just spend so many hours of our lives doing doing email um, yeah it's uh it is a little bit of a um of a change again from our uh, initial focus which really was photos audio video but i really want to come back to our audio and video editors when we can also
0: so are so sort of uh, shotwell and geary and i i love the names by the way um they do all correspond to san francisco streets right
2: Um, Yes, but that is a private in-joke known only to those who live in San Francisco, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, We've actually had uh, visitors come um, from places afar. I mean, um, uh, often at at Yoruba, we say hi to people um, who are in town for conferences or just passing through, but who we know from the various free software conferences that we've gone to. And it's happened more than once that someone shows up at our office and they say that they've just been... Walking or driving through the city, and suddenly it hits them like they realize where all of these Yorba names come from. Um, but, yep, I mean, that started because actually before Yorba, I was involved um, for about a year in a startup, um, and the startup was actually making software to. Um, Oh, it's a long story, but we were helpful We were actually making a hardware box that would prevent you from getting a parking ticket, and we would it would sit in your car. And if you knew, if we detected that your car was in trouble, we would we would text you. And so, because of that, I happened to have a big file listing all the names of all the streets in San Francisco on the day I started Yorba, and one thing led to another.
0: Well, I love it. I think it's really clever because I remember the moment I actually went to the EFF's offices, and they're on Shotwell. And I remember being like, "Wait, Shotwell." That, and I think it was before even Shotwell was uh, was really released, um, or it was very early. And I remember this brainwave and being like, "Oh my gosh, that's so clever because it's Shotwell and Fillmore." <laughs> and I was very impressed. Um, but um, and actually, maybe we should go back and, and talk about some of the you know where where you and I first met and what we've been working on all of this time. Um, so, I, I, you know, you, we first. We first started working together because you wanted to apply for a 501c3 tax exemption for a very, very new Yorba.
2: Absolutely. Um, Yorba, of course, uh, is incorporated as a nonprofit uh, corporation. Uh, and uh, of course, in, in the United States, one of the primary benefits that comes from um, being a charitable nonprofit is um, that donations can be tax deductible, um, which is a, it's a, I think it's a great thing. Not every country actually offers that as as a deduction, but um, that's been, I think there's a long tradition of that. I actually don't know historically how far back that goes. You would know better than I would Karen, But I think that um, certainly the, our society has made the choice for donations to charitable groups to be tax-deductible, to encourage those donations. Um, anyway, that, that's something that we'd certainly like to be able to take advantage of also. And um, uh, there are certainly plenty of other software groups uh, in the United States that um, work on free software and that are structured as nonprofit corporations and that have tax-exempt status. So, yeah, we'd certainly like to be among them.
0: And what's interesting is that uh, charitable tax exemption actually, you know, it's it's kind of a, I think it's actually set up in a really interesting and clever way um, by the U.S. government because um, the way that the tax situation works out, it doesn't really help companies so much to get a deduction for charitable donations. Most companies that donate to uh, free and open source software projects take it as a business expense. So for the companies that are contributing to free and open source software, it's usually irrelevant to them whether or not the company that they're giving money to is a charitable organization or a business. Um, if they have some interest in the software and want to contribute to it, um, it makes a big difference for the nonprofits how they receive the you know the money. You know if they're taking money from companies, it will be donations and it would be treated as you know as as use as a donation and for the public interest. Um, but from a company's perspective, um, they don't really see that charitable giving benefit in the same way that individuals do. And so what's really interesting about that to me is that when you form as a charitable nonprofit, the advantages that you're the one of the primary advantages that you're reaching for is to encourage individuals to donate to you, uh, which also contributes to a sense of the public being being Literally invested, you know, really invested in the in the software, really hoping to support a good nonprofit activity. And it's in in the same way that you would support another charitable purpose that you care about with free software. It's exactly the same thing. And so by having a a disconnect between, um, you know, what what kind of benefit businesses receive from donating, it actually, I think fits even better into the, um, you know, the kind of charitable giving that, uh, that I think the IRS is trying to promote and is connected to the structuring of nonprofits. But, um, you know, so, so one of the things, and maybe I'll give the short summary on the situation with the, um, with the IRS. So, um, several years, how long ago was it that we originally started applying?
2: Uh, We submitted our application um, for uh, 501c3 uh, tax-exempt status in December of 2009. Um, So it'll be two years uh, next month.
0: It's amazing. Um, So two years ago, we got together to apply for tax-exempt status for Yoruba. And um, we wrote, I think, what was a really nice application. We talked about free software generally and um, why it was important. We actually used a very similar application as we've used in the past for, uh, as we used before that for other charitable nonprofits. And we just continue to not get very much back. We got questions from the IRS, um, which asked things like I asked at the beginning of this interview, things like, um, you know, how is what Yorba does? Is doing different than developing software in a commercial way, and you know, and things like that. But but we we still basically you know have have not we have not heard a decision from the IRS after a very very long period of silence, and it's very frustrating because um, you know as we said in all of our responses to the IRS, which Adam and I um, and uh, Justin Colonino. Um, and others helped us to to put together. You know, we talked about all these great, all the nonprofit aspects of Yorba. Um, you know, how there is no real business model around Yorba. How it's being created. The software is being created in the public interest. How um, people are benefiting from having this. You know, all the software that Yorba produces. And it's you know it's it's been astounding to me that we've had such a period of silence. And in the meantime, Yorba has been hanging out, not not knowing what it's, what's been happening. It's been in limbo. So how, how has that been, just not, not knowing and not hearing?
2: Well, um, yeah, the, we certainly had a lot of questions to respond to. And uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, how tremendously appreciative uh, I am and Yorba is that we've had you on our side, Karen. Um, the uh, Software Freedom Law Center has represented us pro bono, which has just been fantastic for us. And um, Karen has always been just... I can't even go on long enough. So professional, so helpful, so wonderful. Um, but yeah, we, we've had to wait. Um, and um, it's a little bit puzzling. Um, it's, um, I mean, on our website, we have a page that says Donate to Yorba. And it says there, um, if you're a U.S. donor, you might not want to donate yet because we're still waiting to find out about our tax-exempt status. And so we can't tell you that, our, that your um, deduction would be tax-deductible today that your um, donation would be. And um, so, yeah, we actually have a message on our website that says, "Mm, you might not want to donate to us right now, which is frustrating.
0: Do you think you've probably lost donations because of that? And Yorba has consequently had less money to develop its good works in the public interest.
2: I'm sure we've lost donations. I mean, um, we certainly have had a few donations, modest donations from U.S. donors, but... Uh, just thinking back on, I think that most of our donations, honestly, have been from European donors, um, for whom probably the tax-exempt status, sadly, is not a benefit, because I don't think that their governments will usually let them deduct, although I don't know so much about European um, tax law, certainly. Um, But, um, yeah, no, without a doubt, um, it has cost us
0: And further, I I, I bet you haven't been able to research uh, grant funding too much either, because most grants that I know of won't consider applicants that don't already have their 501c3 status.
2: Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I mean, um, looking forward, um, it would be fantastic to be able to apply for public grants from from grant-making foundations or organizations. And I think it's a very interesting question whether uh, groups like those will donate in the future to to free software. Um, I think that historically, uh, I'm not aware of a lot of of, of precedent in that space. I mean, I know, Karen, both you and I feel deeply that free software is a public good and it's it's for the good of society and for the good of the world. Um, um, I don't... I'm not aware of of any large donation from a group like I don't know the Ford Foundation, or the Mellon Foundation, or some some foundation like that set up with a specifically charitable purpose to a free software group. But I would certainly love to see that.
0: Yeah. There has been some uh, some grant making in the free software space by those kinds of organizations, um, but it is slow because I think it's not. You know, I think it's it's often not intuitive to a lot of people to understand. Why, how software can be beneficial, and it it comes up in some of these same ways that i 'm um, sure one can think of um, other areas where where people don 't seem to have that you know that that problem making that intuitive jump like. Um, you know, medical services, medical services can be for profit, but they can also be done in a in a public interest way, it can, you know, and, and so, you know, medical research is maybe even a better example. Um, So, so I think that one of the, the goals that we have, um, you know with our our cast, but also with um, you know with our advocacy work in general is to is to get the word out more about free software and why it 's so important to us as a society and so that 's one of the things that i 'm doing so back to Yorba though. Um, so what's, you know, I, I was going to ask you what's going to happen as a lawyer. I don't, you know, that actually makes me nervous to ask you that, <laughs> even though I'm not, uh, you know, I'm doing some pro bono work still at SFLC, including, uh, helping Europa, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm not working as a lawyer most of the time, um, but it still makes me nervous to, to ask about predicting for the future. Um, and obviously we don't know what the IRS will do. I know that you're in the same position as a lot of other, um, free software, um, nonprofits and you were one of the applications that got in there early in this process, um, which is unfortunate. Um, so you've been waiting a lot of the, a lot of the time, but, but what do you think will, you know, what's sort of going to, going to happen with your, but what if, what if you don't hear, what if you're refused?
2: Um, if we're, if we're refused, we'll appeal as we've discussed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, if you think uh, the initial application was slow, I can only imagine how long an appeals process will take. Um, maybe it would be faster. I, I really have no idea. But um, Well, um, for Yorba, um, the future is a little unclear, to be completely honest. I mean, the real challenge that we've set out for ourselves here is trying to build and sustain an organization um, that can focus on these projects, which have lots and lots of happy users um, uh, and continue to thrive. Um, and, um, yeah, so, I mean, we can, we can certainly talk about different kinds of models. I mean, uh, it would be lovely to be able to support ourselves, um, purely on donations, um, uh, Probably a more realistic path is going to be a mix of donations um, and then some consulting work that we may do, which we're certainly not opposed to. And as a, as a nonprofit group, we can absolutely still still do that kind of work um, uh, and or um, finding other clever ways um to either oh i don't know i mean we've talked possibly about um building uh, some kind of cloud-based photo service i mean the details are super murky but it's the kind of thing that we could imagine doing um in a in an effort toward uh financial sustainability
0: yeah, I think that all nonprofits are going are having to go through this process because the economy has been so bad for so long that so many of them, um, my alma mater, the Cooper Union, I just found out is um, it may have to charge tuition, um, which it's been a bastion of, of, of you know, um, free education. Um, for, you know, since for, for, since the early 1900s. So um, I think it, it even, and even before that, even, um, you know, those who couldn't afford education could come to the Cooper Union to get it. So it, it's like, all, all, this is common to all nonprofits having to evaluate, um, find business models to support them. Um, now, if you, you know, I think if nonprofits do take on these business models, um, the way they do it is to support their nonprofit mission. So, for example, uh, an obvious one that a lot of free software nonprofits wind up trying and um, and sometimes embracing um, in a more um, ongoing way is to do consulting, as you talked about before. Um, but if you were to take on that kind of consulting work, um, it would be, not to get too geeky, legal, technical, but it would be done in a way that would be, for example, considered related business income, meaning that you would probably take... Uh, and that was such a lawyer thing, meaning that you will, you you know, you'll, if you take on that work that you'll be doing it, um, you'll be creating work that you, you could conceivably do within the purview of Yorba if you had that, if you had those funds, um, you would, uh, would you, I guess I should say this in a, in a question rather than tell you what you would do, (laughs) but would you, would you release that the software that you developed, um, for consulting, um, you know, would you make sure that it was freely licensed, um, Uh, And how would you use the profits that came from it?
2: Right, yeah. Um, We certainly want any software that we work on at Yorba um, to be free. Uh, And I think it would be antithetical to our mission to work, even to do even consulting work for a proprietary closed source project. I just don't think that... That's sort of within uh, the scope of what we do. Um, when any free software project um, uh, offers services, um, there's a range of possibilities. I mean, in an ideal world, um, people um, or businesses would come to us and um, want to pay us to build the exact same features that we ourselves wanted to build next week but just hadn't gotten around to yet. Um, more typically, uh, they want features which might not be at the very top of our priority list, but still are interesting, um, or um, related in some way to what we do. Um, so, uh, yeah, if if we do work for hire, um, I would very much like it to be within the same within the same sphere. I mean, for us to go off and do random software consulting work to support our projects. I'm not as sure that that makes sense, honestly, if it's just some unrelated, or especially a proprietary program.:
0: But if you, as a nonprofit, went out and did consulting work, you wouldn't personally be pocketing all the profits. would you? Would you I mean, if you can charge bundles of money for software consulting, consultants charge a lot of money. would you just line your pockets with that money? Adam Dingle?
2: <laughs> I, I was just going to say, do you mean me or do you mean the foundation? Right, what certainly, do do? right, right, right. No, I mean, uh, certainly uh, this work would be done on uh, behalf of the foundation and it would, I mean, the the revenue, of course, would go into the foundation's um, bank account and would be used to, to fund the foundation's activities. I mean, that is our mission. That's what our charter says that we're here for. If we wanted to do if, if our goal was to line our own pockets, um, we would have to start another organization, and I'm not opposed to that, but that's not what Europe was here for.
0: Right. That would be something, some other um, entity that was created to do software development in a, in a commercial way. And I think, you know, one of the things that unites us all is that we would probably all make a lot more money if we were focused on for-profit businesses rather than nonprofits. And we do this because it's good for society and we do it for love. Um, Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything else you want to say?
2: I think that's probably about it. I mean, uh, you can certainly check out uh, our site at Yoruba.org. Our software is all there. Um, and, uh, if you have any questions about anything, feel free to reach me at adam at yorba.org.
0: And you may not be able to get a tax deduction for it, um, anytime soon, but, um, but if you like Shotwell, if you're using it, if you like what Yorba is about, um, as with supporting our free software, please go and make a donation, um, Yorba and every other free and open source software project can really appreciate it. Um, so thank you, Adam and good luck to Yorba.
2: Thanks, Karen.
1: So uh, you uh, actually added a lot of interesting information to that interview.
0: Oh, I'm glad you think so.
1: Well, because you well, you got Adam to talk publicly some about the issues with the IRS, which we've talked about on Free and Freedom before. Right. And, and we've usually only talked in general terms. We talked about that one cash music organization because they were having trouble with the IRS and blogged about it publicly. But it sounds like Yorba is, is in that same queue with everyone else.
0: Yes, and uh, and actually, Yorba's agreed to have their statement that they submitted or that we submitted to the IRS published. So the SFLC will be publishing that statement on their website, uh, which I think will be helpful to others who are in the same situation. Just to have that same, you know, just to see what what others have written about why free and open source software is in the public interest.
1: Yeah, I, I think the the you made that point about how. Corporations don't need the charitable donation, which is true, of course. But I actually think it's it's still really important to have 501c3s. Adam was sort of saying that it seemed unlikely that they were going to get lot, enough individual donations to support their work uh, that just by itself. That that wouldn't that, that by itself would probably wouldn't support what they're trying to do, which is probably true. I, I think it's been really good what we've seen with the Pi Pi fundraising, for example, the conservancy doing right now, because it's cl- it's also clear in that that without some really large donations from but probably companies because that's who are going to have that much money that those uh, NumPy and Py3K supporting projects are not going to get done. But we're getting donations of 20 and $30 from multiple people basically every day. Certainly, you know, 10 to 15 donations a week since, so there's a nice large chunk, percentage of it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not going to be the majority, but it's going to be a large amount coming from individual donors who want to see that support.
0: Yeah. And that's why it's essential to have 501c3 status for, you know, free software projects. I wasn't saying that, um, I don't think neither, I think neither of us were saying that. Um, that, you know, individual donations were not interesting. I think we were saying they're extremely interesting and hopefully they can support a project. I was simply saying that, um, you know, the companies that are going to support a project don't really care so much about the corporate form of that project. You know, a C6 or even a for-profit, if it's something that they care about, they'll probably give the money in some form or another. But individuals won't donate if w- it's not a charitable nonprofit. I
1: think, actually, I think... I, I've seen cases where companies do care. If, if folks have seen Cat Allman's fundraising talk that she's been giving, no, we'll she gave it at OzCon, and she she actually just gave it the Google uh, Summer of Code Mentor Summit where I was at. Um, reluctantly, I sort of talked her into giving it. She didn't, they, they the Google folks don't like to give talks at that conference because they feel like it's, we're giving the conference for you guys and it's not for us to come talk to you <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, but I convinced her to give it because I thought the audience would be very interested. And, and I think it does make a difference for uh, somebody who's like, uh, who's like Kat, who's making fundraising or, fu- I'm sorry, fund grant decisions to know what the form because if they're giving to a for-profit company, I think it's tougher for, say, the open source program office to give to a for-profit company. Well, I
0: think that's right. And I think that's actually true in other companies, too. And I, I didn't actually specify the case where there's like a charitable giving arm, which mm-hmm. a lot of companies have, uh, in which case they're restricted to on C3s. but. I would say that's the exception rather than the rule.
1: Yeah, but even the Open Source Program Office—if you take the Google as the as the Google, the Google—I think the Google example.
0: is the exception rather than the rule. as what well,
1: I'm saying. i saying. Well, I think yeah. even in, in in other companies like HP and so forth, they're not often given. They, as many of them do have charitable arms, which you're right. When they have a 501c3 charitable arm, they have to give to other 501c3s where they have some sort of foundation associated, either with the founders of the company or with the company itself but in the case of open source programs i don't think there's any strict rule and i think they have given to for profit companies i think that they prefer to give to charitable companies because there's a better level of public scrutiny and it's easier for them to figure out what the money's being used for
0: yeah i mean it's a good it's a good indicator um, for companies to see, but if Google wanted to give to a, you know some project that wasn't part of a C3, they could.
1: They could. I, th- I think they prefer it, though. I think they yeah. like it when there's a... I think actually probably Google doesn't care so much about the C6 versus C3 question, uh, but they certainly care about the nonprofit versus for-profit question, because especially like, think about it. If it's an LLC, how, you can't find anything about LLCs as far as what their governance is. That's all private, basically. You just know that they're an LLC, and you might be able to find out who the members are but you yeah. can't find it about their governance and, and what their plans are and, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas I mean, much of that's public with, with any, any, any nonprofit, be it C6 or C3 or, or even a C12 or something.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with that, but the, but, but the idea of companies getting the tax benefit of right. a variable deduction, that of was course. really my
1: focus. Point. Well, the place where I, place where I've always wished we could get tax deduction, which is probably never going to happen is, is donation of copyrights. I've worked on that question off and on for a decade and it's basically never going to be possible. I I have
0: worked on that too and I'm not convinced that it will never be possible oh really but it's well, not possible giving me now hope. <laughs> but it's not possible now yeah I
1: know it's it's really difficult you can't even do things like an appraisal and and see what the market value of the software is worth and say well the donation of those copyrights they are that, that can be deducted at the market value because I think that's a place well, where companies that's true would like it across
0: the board actually like, um, with artwork know, too yeah like if you're an artist and you materials, it, you, you can deduct the cost of the canvas and the paints but you can't deduct so maybe, maybe your should. T- Basically the idea is that you have to volunteer that that nonprofits the people who volunteer with nonprofits should be volunteering their time. And that okay. it, it kind of falls apart if you
1: don't. So, so maybe we should get people to start uh, deducting the electricity of the laptop while they were working on the software. Because that they could deduct, right? I would think they could.
0: If they bought a special laptop for it, too, and never used it for anything else. Oh, they right. Could, yeah, that, yeah, that could true. be like the equivalent of the cost no, of the canvas.
1: Actually, what I was thinking about was the electric. Well, it can, I guess a painter can't deduct the. The, the, the,
0: the electricity in their home while they.
1: Would, or the they electricity the in their studio. So they can see. So they could see while painting? they're working. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. You have to find this out because I want to start telling people they can deduct that. I don't think anybody's I actually using the electricity. Is not a,
0: I think this is this isn't a too useful of a, of a path to go down. So I think. Yeah, I think uh, you and I both have much better things to do with our time.
1: <laughs> I want to deduct the electricity on my laptop.
0: And then yet the one point that I think we didn't really get to in Yorba, the interview with Adam, was that there's. Uh, as you could see from Yorba's public documentation, if you went to look, their 990s and, and things like that, you would see if you were to look that, um, that Adam doesn't really, um, doesn't take a full salary, um, to say the least, from Yorba. He's, he's doing it as a labor of love. And um, I I wanted to point that out because I think he's he's too modest to to say so himself and he doesn't necessarily want to call attention to that. But it's really the opposite situation of what the IRS is worrying about. Yorba is a group of people, like is an organization founded by someone who cares deeply about the principles of what he's doing and is giving of himself. He's giving of his time and his resources in order to you know make the software that he cares about to to make the world a better place. And and that's part of why I think that. Um, Well, I wanted to highlight Yorba in this regard to just show all the good things that they're doing
1: well I think I think you say that it's not that your business is not what the IRS is worrying about I I think you're probably correct but I think the IRS doesn't know what they're worrying about I, I just think the level of confusion there is so high about what software is and what software in the public interest is that the the IRS is just basically confused and they don't know what they're worried about they're worried about they think they're worried about something because they see something that looks strange to them that they need to be educated on that's how I feel let's
0: yeah I mean I think- I think they're just, I think they're determining where the lines are, um, you know. And I, 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 one of the reasons why I wanted to highlight Yoruba was to show a good example of, you know, of software being developed in the public interest. But we already have good examples. We do, we do. But like this is the Gnome but, Foundation. No, no. But or what I'm saying is a good example of a project or that the free software of an organization that hasn't been granted yet. Oh, okay. It's in limbo. That's you know, true. it's you know. It 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 is it is directly under consideration, and um, you know, and it is um, it is organized around the principles that you would want your charitable nonprofits to be organized around.
1: As are the GNOME Foundation and the Software Freedom Conservancy and it's the true, Free Software But as Founders.
0: the IRS has told us, that the existing organizations are not you know are not being reevaluated.
1: Nor are they used as precedent, which is weird to me as well.
0: Well, they are do they are used as precedent.
1: Well, but it, it seems like the IRS doesn't care. It seems they seem it seems like the IRS is neutral on that. I don't know.
0: I don't think that's the case. But oh, exactly. I, I oh, that's they're just good trying to hear. To figure if that's out true. what what it is that they're you know. I think they're just trying to come up with some concrete rules they can apply and reapply. Okay. Um, anyway, I think I hope I hope you enjoyed listening to the interview, and we've we've got another interview that we might be able to use for um, for another episode coming up.
1: Okay. All right then. <laughs>
0: Free and Freedom is produced by Dan Lynch of halfbakemedia.com. Thanks to Mike Tarantino for our theme music. Free and Freedom is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 United States License. Please send any feedback to ogcast, O-G-G-C-A-S-T, at faif.us and subscribe to the RSS feed on faif.us.